Welcome everyone to the Ad.Dot podcast. My guest today is uh, Alfredo Munoz, and Alfredo is an enterprise architect and banking transformation expert with more than 25 years of experience in large-scale banking transformations in Europe, Asia, uh, Latin America, and uh, I met uh, Alfredo through, you know, we were at a um, conference together back in uh, the fall, November of 2022. And I've been, because of some clients that Kalele has had over the past uh, few years, we have growing interest in, in Bayon. And uh, Alfredo is involved in Bayon, and he's working now in, at IBM in the Global Center for Excellence and, and uh, for Banking and Financial Markets with IBM. So um, we're going to talk a bit today about, you know, transformation, modernization of uh, banks, and we'll get, we'll talk some about uh, Bayon. So welcome to the, to the podcast, Alfredo. Thank you very much. Uh, I am very happy to be here. It's very nice yeah. to talk to you. Yeah. And I have to say, folks, you're going to see, you'll, you'll recognize from uh, the interview that Alfredo is like, has encyclopedic knowledge of of banking, you know, like uh, technology and banking. And you're, you know, he's shaking his head no, but actually, I was just amazed by my conversation with him. He's, uh, and so, I hope that um, you get to learn uh, about Alfredo. And he's a nice guy too. <laughs> so, besides being really uh, good at what he does, he's a very nice guy. So, um, thanks for joining us. So. You know, we. Um, I guess that you know there are there are just so many companies, organizations who are um, in need of transformation, modernization. But I think maybe the most desperate um, industry that I have encountered is the banking industry. They're they're largely working with code bases that are probably 50 years old or more and um, some of them not quite so old, but you know, there's a lot, lot of uh, um, debt in those code bases. And so, you know, let's get Alfredo's opinion. So why do banks need to modernize their core systems? <laughs> well, basically because as you say, they, they are using the, the same system for 50 years, right? Um, so within back 50 years, we only have branches and the bank were completely different. Uh, so the core system they are using now, they, they were developed for, to support accounts, to have a record of accounts and to, be, um, and to support the branches. Um, yes, a long, a long time ago, we started to digitalize the, the world. Um, and we start to include this, uh, to, to develop these web, web sites, mobile, and they still are using the core system that were developed for the branches. So it's like if we were now traveling in the trains that we have 20 or 30 years ago, that's a make sense, right? Or if we were flying in the same planes, yeah. we were traveling <laughs> yeah, <laughs> 50 years ago. Yeah. Uh, and, the, and the thing is that the, the, the banks are not they were in the past, right? Now the bank are, they want to, to open up, no? to to different channels to ecosystems. They want to integrate themselves in, in, in the daily activities of the customer, you know, to have a better interaction with them. 
Um, and now they also want to adopt new technologies, right? So and, new, and the cloud, um, microservices, um, everything. So they want to do everything, and obviously they have a problem with the with the core banking system because they are they are very very complex. They have become very complex. They are not. They have become because in fifty years you can do too many things with them, <laughs> um, and now it's very difficult to modify. They are critical systems, so the system if they fail. The bank stops and the country stops, and then you you go to the newspaper. So it's really it's really a challenge what they have. Yeah, that's a really good um, analogy that you give about uh, how we travel. We, I mean, if we drive a fifty year old car, it's a classic, right? And we're probably <laughs> it's probably a classic, and it, and we take really good care of it. But that's far different from the situation with with banks, and we don't usually fly in. Fifty-year-old airplanes, and yeah, really good, good point. Um, and, and I think another thing, just to to um, talk a little bit more about your experience. So you were building banking systems in COBOL um, before you were doing this, right? So this has you have a lot of experience here. So you've seen it, you've lived it inside. You're not just like a newbie coming in saying, "Hey, you banks, you got all these problems." You know what it's like in there. Yes, yes. Yeah, I always make the joke with this because I, I started developing a COBOL system no, for banking. I spent almost 10 years and then I moved companies and then they asked me to look the way to modernize, to change them, right? And to destroy them. <laughs> because basically basically, what we want to do is to break into pieces. Right? Uh, yeah, so I have been in the, in the, in the both sides, right? I have seen, I have seen all, it's more than 20, 25 years now. Of, of evolution of, of, of addressing how we can make this happen, um, yeah. and this this proved that this is being challenged. I had been in the same bank, different times with different teams, looking for the same purpose. Right? How we can modernize the the core? Um, what we have seen at the end, what they have been doing is adding layers. Right? They they never get, went to the problem. Right? They they start adding layer. It was easier. I will say it was. It's easier to paint the, the wall in, in different layers, you know, that go to scratch the wall, right? So, um, and this it was less risky, right? I understand, but the, this has it has produced a, a lot of complexity, a lot of and so now the snowball is is bigger and bigger and, and becoming more complicated. Um, and they have this problem of time to market that they always complain on you know, that they stay a long time to to deliver any any change. I mean, I, I don't know every company what they face, but I have uh, spoken to a lot of companies that maybe they can release once or twice a year, even once a year sometimes is even really challenging because, you know, they touch something here and it breaks something over there and it's it's uh, very difficult to... So even the thought of modernization is like a, a big deal, right? It's, it's not just like an, anybody else faces with modernization. Yeah, yeah, but it's a problem because they are now competing with other companies with digital natives that they are very quick. Right. Um, I have seen I have seen cases that they are they were not able to to launch a, a product in time, and they, they, this means losing a lot of money because someone else is doing right. Yeah, yeah. Especially during the financial crisis, right? That they that they were some special product that was. Uh, Sponsored by the government, so by by the central banks, and if you were not on time to to to, de- to deploy the products, so the products someone else could do. 
and now and now it's becoming more complicated because they are really starting to compete, especially in the in the customer interaction. That is where, where the real money is, is. They are competing with with companies that are very very quick because they don't have this this background. Yeah, and uh, well, I mean, just to name a few, there's New Bank, right, which is established in Brazil. There's Mongo. Monzo Bank, which is in, uh, I think they're, well, they're somewhere in your, is it Holland? I think they are, Netherlands, something like that. And and uh, so, yeah, these these companies are just moving really fast, right? And it's it's like any, any disrupting um, company that a disruptor is just moving faster than everybody else. Now, I, I do want to say one interesting thing, right? Some banks really wanted to get on uh, cryptocurrency and their slowness may have saved them from that mistake, right? So, I mean, I, I don't know how you feel about crypto, but um, there was this, you know, 2022 was the huge crypto meltdown and uh, maybe their slowness saved them from spending a lot of unnecessary money, although maybe some still have that as a, as a goal to reach. I don't know what your experience is with that. I have not worked a lot with crypto, but I, I think it will it will come. It will come because at the end is everything that is disintermediate is will be well accepted by everybody, no? Because at the end is anything that removes frictions and dependencies between the parties is, is and provide transparency. It will help. The tech, I think the the, the 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 technology will will be used will be successful. Another thing is. To create currencies that uh, at the end is like a, selling a bond, no? selling a, 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 an instrument, a financial instrument. Uh, you are more, uh, you are uh, selling something that is intangible. So, and I, I say I, I am not very expert in, in crypto. I don't have worked a lot in that. Well, I'm I'm not either, but um, we do want the transparency to be from the beginning and not after years when. Uh, the transparency results in someone being arrested for, you know, fraud and things like that. I mean, you know, with a lot of uh, money lost now, you know, hopefully banks that get involved in that are, you know, well established enough to know what regulations are and not, you know, cause those kinds of situations. But um, when the, these sort of startups are involved and everybody's just like, you know, frenzied to buy and get in on the, on the, uh, I guess, bandwagon or something. It, it can be quite uh, risky, if not catastrophic. Yeah, yeah but I, I think that the cryptocurrencies that are going to work are the ones that are issued by the, by the central banks and the authorities, not, not the normal bank, because at the end you say they, you, don't, you don't have enough control or transparency. And actually, in the moment that China uh, started to say that they would not allow it, you know, is everything started to <laughs> to collapse a little bit, no? Because at the end, everything was was being done there, and they say if we are not going to be able to use in one of the biggest economy, what's the, the purpose, right? I know this. Uh, I say it's not my really. It's my. It's not my, my yeah, area no. of expertise. <laughs> no, but you're. You know, you're. You're yeah. um, sort of. You know on the ground, so to speak, and and get have a lot of uh, discussion. So it's good to know your experience from the standpoint of what you've seen. So now, one of our main topics is to get back to uh, 
discussion of Bayon. And, you know, the reason that I found out about you is because my interest in Bayon actually is pretty much always going to overlap with domain-driven design. And you have, um, I don't know if it's only one blog post or, or multiple ones about um, domain-driven design and how uh, Bayon can um, be used with domain-driven design. I, th- I thought that was very cool. And then I got, you know, found out that we were going to be at the same conference and that was even way cooler. And so how how is it that Bayon is important in modernization? Why why is it important for banks and how will the Bayon standard help banks in modernization? I, I think the most important aspect of, of bank, of, of Bayon for the banks is that it's, it's kind of authority because it's, it's perceived like a standard that is made by a lot of institutions. So people are looking at that and they are believing what Bayan is telling you. And what they are telling the bank is what we already knew and what you already know because it was that you have to move. You cannot consider a bank like a big, just a single company. You know, a bank is, a, is something very complicated. It's made a, a lot of people groups into units with different responsibilities, different purposes, different objectives, and they collaborate to each other for a, for a global purpose. But you have to recognize that these are complex organizations. So the applications, that the system that support this organization have to align to this organization. You have to work by domain. And this is completely different to the core system, to the traditional banking system. that are the, the, core, for, the core banking were built for a bank that was different. It is considered a bank like a, like a whole. Processes are end to end, very process oriented. People are connected, are forced, for pulled into the processes, right? Not the processes don't adapt to how the people do business. Um, and Bayan is the opposite. No? Bayan is telling you, no, you have to structure your application in something we call service domain. Um, and this has to be aligned to the way you do business. You structure things in, in, in sales and services, in processing, in back office operations, in compliance, in risk. Uh, so, and the message is, is perfect, no? because this is what they have to do. And because now it comes from kind of authority that the standard is, is helping them to start to understand this important change. Because at the, at the end, the problem of the change is, is the resistance to change. So and, and when you have been working with with an approach with the architectural style for so many years, moving to a, a new one is very different. Uh, but if someone from outside with authorities tell you that, you you are kind of forced at least to consider that. And I, I have a, a very good example no, of my of my customer that uh, he he wanted to use Bayan, right? But Bayan is really not used in in, in, the, in that country in particular. But the, the, the reason was, look, if I told my people that we need to modernize this, it was a core banking modernization, they will do something similar. Probably they will replace the Google with Java and some interfaces with APIs, but the structure will be the same because this is, this is what they know to do. But if I tell them that they have to follow Bayan, they have to think. They have to reconsider, have to reinvent themselves. They have to really challenge what they know. And it will be more difficult, but at the end, the, the, the result should be better, right? And I think it was very smart in that. And I think this is the value of Bayan. Bayan is really, I, I don't really know it when they created Bayan, they they, they were they thought about domain-driven design, but they are very well aligned. <laughs> I think it's important. It's, it's very, for me, it's, it's very useful. It's just very useful 
very yeah. useful because it helps to industrialize or instrumentalize no, this transformation. So let's say that, for example, internally a bank refers to the customer account as deposits because it's you know it's mainly dealing with deposits. What's interesting about Bion in the naming aspect and, and giving us a language, in essence, a language to use, is that uh, what I think in Bion it's called current account, right? Even if internally, and I think there's a lot of, there are a lot of banks that call the, this uh, subsystem is called deposits. But if you have a conversation with someone with this sort of banking expertise and you say current account, then people know exactly what you're talking about. Yes, yes, yes. No, the, the, the reality is that the, say, if you see the bank, any bank in the world, the products are always, always the same. So obviously there are variations in the different regions and characteristics, a different way to calculate the interest, so especially the how the regulation, no? how to they have to report to regulators. But the products are the same everywhere. And what is different is how you interact with the customer, right? How you sell, how you serve this product. So uh, buying the address this very well, right? Separate very clearly what you are selling. What, and, what, and how you are selling and how you are servicing your customer. No? I, I, I always say the same, I always give the same example, sorry, no, but it's, <laughs> I think it's good. No? When you go to buy a car, you don't go to the, to the factory. <laughs> you go to the, to the shop no? and then you have the catalog, you choose the car, the characteristics, and then you, they send the contract to the factory and they make the car. In the bank, it's not like this. In the bank, the processes are end-to-end. So I have an application that covers from when I open the account to all the way down, right? So it's not the way the the customer is expecting to interact with the bank. I I don't expect to have different experiences, different processes, because I have different products. No, I, I have financial services, and financial services can be to save money, to uh, to borrow money, to make some investments. I don't care. I, I want a single, a simple, and transparent experience, right? Uh, and, and this is why this core banking system that are very product-oriented cannot support very well. And this is where Bayans provide a completely different model. Right? Another aspect of, of, of very important Bayans is this, this separation of, of what the sales and service we, we also call distribution capabilities from the processing. right? Because now I want to be able to sell my product through other channels, through partners, through, through fintech, or I want to include CFA services from fintech into my own processes. So if I want to, to open up no, and to have these many-to-many relationships, I need to break these processes in half, right? And separate what is interaction and what is processing. And again, Bayang is very good a reference to do that and have a very good vision. Yeah. So thinking about Bion now, so some people, you know, we've sort of touched on what Bion is, uh, but Bion kind of like starts at this high level and sort of drills in. And and finally you get to a point where um, you have sort of the idea of at least a subdomain or a, or a problem space domain, such as current account. Current account may actually be a you know a singular subdomain uh, 
and maybe even a singular bounded context. We, you know, that's maybe saying that's maybe getting too close to implementation. But just to make a point, these um, these areas are are uh, you know they, they're they're defining the lowest level, I guess, maybe business capabilities that that you would have is maybe a good way to look at it. But I think the naming of it is also uh, important, just the areas, right? So could you, do you mind just like starting from the top? And I I hate to put you on the spot because there are some details, but it's like sort of like four main levels, right? So so you want to talk about those? Yeah. So um, so Bayan breaks... The problem, let's say the problem is how I structure my banking applications into a small building blocks, and we call they call it service domain. Right? Um, and then the, this service domain and group are grouping business domain and business area that are more from the, from the standard point of view is a is a way to group things together so they are easy to communicate. But from from yeah, and that's are, and that's the step up. So yeah, yeah. service domain is not the lowest lowest level, but lowest sort of. Yeah, what what you would yeah. implement, and then you take the step up to the yeah. business. Yeah. Yeah. So yes. So uh, we need to understand what, how what is the origin of Payan because Payan is you know it's probably ten years ago because I start I, I remember I was in China when I started working that and this was a long time ago, <laughs> um, and and the, the purpose of Payan was very simple, right? They wanted to create a standard so that the bend the software vendor the ISPs. Um, the service provider like uh, IBM or consulting firm from any other consulting firm and the banks, if they stick to this standard, the integration of the different pieces they were providing was was going to be more easier because the the cost of integration of any solution in the bank is always very very big because every bank is different, every landscape in the bank is completely different. So they, they thought, okay, let's create a standard, let's structure the, the banking systems into components Let's define what is the scope and the responsibilities of the different component, right? And then we will the the, the service the, the the solutions provider the, the commercial solutions the software as a service they will they will align to that, and they will provide a solution for this service domain specifically. Uh, and so we, we can make it we can compose things easily. And, and it was the purpose. Then we had evolved. They had because then we started to talk about APIs, open banking. And many things, but this was the purpose, and I was it was very good, right? Because now if, if I have to build my 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 new system, I can choose, I can compose, and I can choose the different pieces and put them together. And it doesn't mean that the bank landscape is going to be like the one in Bayern, but the pieces are going to be will be aligned to this service domain. But then obviously a service domain can be big, can be smaller, bigger. Uh, but at the end, it's not going to be isolated. You are going to have, you, you say, example, current accounts. But I think when you look at current account, you don't solve current account with one component. Current accounts, you are doing too many things. So, uh, so you will have a number of service domains together, and you have to group them in, 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 a, in a business domain that is the, the upper layer. And this is very important from governance point of view because this, this is these people. You will have different things responsible for. For these applications, but they will share. They will share expertise. They will they, they will share the semantic. They will share the, the SMEs, the experts, and this is very important. No? So, it's one of the things we we have to do is to reorganize the service domain into business domain that are aligned to how the bank is organized. 
And then you have the big, the, the upper layer is the business area, right? Um, business areas is just to say, okay, look, this service domain belongs to the distribution or this service domain belongs to the operations. What is the, the positions in the value chain? Uh, and this is also important, right? Because solutions, service domain that are in the distribution, where you are interacting with a customer, you have a different, different imperative when you are developing or you are looking for a solution. In this area, you are looking for a good experience, right? Something that can be changed very frequently because I, I have to keep my, my customer engaged. If I am looking in the operations, I, need, I, I have to find solutions that are very efficient because in operations, what I want to do is the zero back office. I, I want to be very efficient. I want to have a very uh, quick processing, a straight, a straight through processing, right? So there are different imperatives, so you should focus on different problems. Um, and this is, but mostly the business areas is more just to, to positions and to, to communicate where each of the capabilities reside. But for me, the business domain is very important um, because it's, it's how you really align to the organization. You really make the things align to the organization so you avoid frictions. It's very difficult to work when you have a lot of stakeholders, when you have requirements for different sources. It's, it's better to have one single source of requirement. Right? You have a clear business owner, and this is where the business domain comes into. So yeah, some of the some of the service domains um, are probably more like, or, or maybe even several of them, or many are are more like a problem space domain. So you could have you know, a number of subdomains inside those um, in terms of, you know, how how you would actually, um, to, you know, kind of uh, create boundaries around it. So, but if you thought of, for just for example, current account as a service, right? If you thought of it as a service, you're going to say like have, in, in terms of DDD, an open host service around current account. And while that could you know, sort of dispatched to different subdomains a la bounded context internally, you still, you know, have that kind of like segregation of, of um, this is a, a major part of the business. Yeah. So with this, with this uh, at the beginning, it's difficult, it's difficult to understand in Bayan and it's what people make a lot of mistakes, mistake of misinterpretation is if you are used to core banking traditional system, core banking systems, uh, you think an application for current account, right? If the application for current accounts, you will start opening the account, right? And then you will have a lot of business rules. You have to assign the, to check the, the customer. You have to assign the customer to the contract. Then you have to open the account. Then you start getting debits and credits and you start creating statements. You do a lot of things. And everything is current accounts. So when people look at Bayer at the beginning and, and they see this small service domain current account, they think everything is there. But when you look at the service domain, and you know there are 19, so they classify the, the service domain by functional patterns. And they tell you the current account has a fulfillment patterns. And what does it mean? It means this component is responsible to fulfill the obligation of the contract. So everything that happened before you sign your contract with the bank, it's not there. You have to look for somewhere else, right? You have to look from in the sales and distribution. The only thing you are doing in the current account is you have the layer, you have the credits, you have the debits, you are calculating interest and you are calculating fees and generating some statements. Anything else is not fulfillment of your obligation of the contract. And this is how you start to break things down, right? Um, and this is, um, this is 
one of the important it's difficult to find at the beginning to, to understand this no because people used to think everything is there no it's not there why because i don't have current accounts anywhere else if i look at distribution i have customers i don't i have products but i don't have current accounts because this is in the processing this is the product itself um, and this simplifies things a lot now when you are you started to look at this uh, this way in buy-in you understand how how things can be simplified, right? Because everything that I am doing in current accounts, I am also doing loans, I am doing credit cards. So when I, I, if I stick only to my layer and I separate the rest, I have a lot of reusability and a lot of simplification. But, but also you're right. It's, at the end, it's, it creates also a, a semantic, right? It's, it's a common understanding of, of when we are talking. Yeah, I, usually this is helping. But still people have to learn the, the semantics in the other layer because the... Every, most of the people understand what is a current account, but most of the people will not understand what is a customer offer in the context of the bank. Yeah. yeah, because if you look at another service domain, it does deal with credit cards, right? Even though for the customer, they want you know to know everything in one place. So, you know, yeah, it's not, it's not like you look under um, current account and, you know, everything's there. Yeah, 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 yes. In the same credit card, what is responsible? Credit card responsibility is to manage a contract. You have a credit line with the credit card, you spend money, and, and then you have the operation with the credit card, and you have the statements every month. And that's all. But how so the risk analysis you are you have to pass before you get the card is not there. But it was before, no? and, and this is the difference. It was in the old systems. But now in Bayang, it's not there. It's only the processing. Um, and you say, uh, and you want to see all my all my, cust- all my positions in the bank. You have a separate domain for that. You have the customer, product, and services where you, you have everything consolidated. And banks have been doing that now for years. But, but the way they have done is through replication of data, through adding additional layers. Because I, I still have the same information in my in my core system, but now I am aggregating together in a different layer so I can expose to, to my customer and give them the overall view. But this is obviously because this is not a structure internally well, no? you are creating a lot of inefficiencies and a lot of um, dependencies and, and complexity that is what at the end is costing a lot of money to them. Yeah, I think actually what you were describing would be best solved with uh, data mesh um, kind of thing where you're you you make this aggregatable data available, but um, well, I, I guess with data mesh, technically you can replicate to some extent, but we all know that that's you know replicating a lot can be quite um, well not only inefficient, but even you know who owns the data at some point, right? You you don't know who owns it, yeah. But uh, that this is very, very, very good conversation, right? And also, Bayan have an important work to do in this area, no? Because when you look at Bayan, you don't see core processes and analytical processes. So, but the banks are built in core processes, and then you have a data architecture where you have the data warehouse, data pools, and now they want to have data mesh. And I say, why? Why? So why I have? I need to have these core systems. And the data systems, because I have everything duplicated. I have customer in the core, customer in the in the, in the analytics. I have uh, accounts, current accounts in my core. I have current accounts in my data warehouse. They are the same. 
they are the same. It's the same information. It's the same domain. So now when they, are, they start to talk about data mesh, I say, yes, data mesh. Data mesh is a principle that tells you that each of your service domain have to provide the data, have to make the data consumable. It's not telling you that this data has to be in the in the in another in another technical platforms. Is when you modernize, you design for data mesh, and when you have a service that is part of a business process, and, and this service is managed data that have to be public, that have to be exposed, right, and consumable. So the, the concept of data mesh links and very well with Bayan. It goes very well with the type of architecture we are talking about. But from a technical point of view or from, from a practical point of view, I think the, the thinking has to evolve a little bit and get rid of this historical separation between core systems and analytical systems that is just a historical decision because of the technological constraints we have at the, in the moment, no? some years ago. But for me, it doesn't make sense uh, then anymore. Yeah, and I, th- I think you know the argument from uh, data mesh side of things is well the the data lakes and the warehouse data warehouses you know that basically what happens is a team is assigned to those and there ends up being a big backlog for um, changes that you know like okay we now want this report and we want this data and, and just trying to keep up with all the change requests enhancements whatever you want to call them becomes very difficult and the data ends up not ultimately being in a shape that is easily aggregatable, right? So they're always changing the the sort of aggregations, whereas if you have data that's uh, consumable in a sort of smaller place, then you aggregate it in whatever way you want. No, I, I, I love the concept because obviously the, the old model, well, I have a team responsible for entire data architecture. It was, was crazy, right? Because... <laughs> So the, the guy that knows about loans is loans. The guy that knows about the investment accounts is in investments, in, the, in the developing the operational system for investments. And then you put a guy that they, they are very smart, but they don't know about the business. So you have a lot of interaction. You have a lot of dependencies between the teams. And obviously you have a very big backlog because to do anything is very difficult. And now they say, yes, let's separate them into a specialized group. Again, they will not be the SMEs, they will not be the domain experts. The domain expert will be still in the in the core processes, in the operational processes. So why don't merge them together? Because at the end, you are going to have a team that is responsible for the customer information in the data mesh and a team that is going to be responsible for the customer man- management system. It's the same customer. Let's put them together, right? So I think, is, is a, I think this, is, this is going to be the future, I think. But the, I mean, the resistance to change is still very strong. Obviously, there are responsible in the bank, the responsible of the data architecture, responsible of the core processes. They don't talk to each other too much, <laughs> so there will be a lot of resistance to change. But I think this is this is the this is the way to go, and this is the way to go to a domain-driven approach. Is you work by domain, you don't work by technical capabilities. Yeah, and I think maybe a very important message with that is <clears throat> domain events are extremely important. Right. If you have the domain events, um, then ETL isn't really, I don't know, I, I don't want to say not necessary, but maybe you want to think of it as ETL because you're going to read a stream of events from someplace. But, um, but you know, if, you're, if you're projecting, maybe even make, you know, the, you make the domain events available as one part of a, a service 
you know, that, that has a data mesh. And then you also project views from that. And now you can simply project new views very readily by, by reinterpreting the, you know, reinterpreting the, the events and, and projecting them in a different way. And, and as you said, then the expertise remains in the service domain, right? Or the, or the, um, actually the, the, the business part of the bank um, and whoever has the expertise with that specific data is the one sh- who should be making the decisions about, you know, how best to, to present it, or at least, you know, at least it's, it's, it can be handled, right? Like the team can deal with it instead of, uh, as you said, one team trying to deal with dozens or hundreds of different, you know, business capabilities. Yeah. yeah. At the end, what is one of the problem, traditional problems in is the data governance. You have heard about data governance, right? And, and the, the, the origin of data governance problems is that you have the same data in different places under the responsibility of different teams. And they, each of them, at the end, they are persons, they understand differently, they have different understanding, they, they, they have different assumptions. And the data you have in the in one platform doesn't is not the same you have in the other one, and then the regulator comes into and say, okay, what are you doing? You are giving the wrong information to the customer because in the other system you have, and then you have a, a problem. So let's solve the problem. Don't distribute your data. <laughs> Keep them together. No? And when you say about yes about the events streaming, yeah, I think it's a technology change, very important, mostly because. Uh, uh, it, it makes the data available immediately instead of having to wait to to have a file at the end of the day, right? And I think this is just it's a technological revolution. I will, I will say the file is just a, a sequence. It's a, it's, a, it's a collection of events put together and delayed and, and delivered with delays. No? At the end, what you are doing with the file is to, to, the, to do that. No? I obviously, it will, it, will, it will change the, the way we... We manage data through events. It's going to change how the, the, this data can be used in real time. That is the biggest problem now, that they are taking decisions based on information from the previous day in the best of the cases. Yeah. Uh, and I think, um, so we had this little conversation about events, the definition of events within Bion, right? So, and uh, I think there's a bit of challenge there, um, trying to get, what is it? Agreement or just the, the the correct way of designing events? What what have you seen in that? Yes, I, well, the thing is, I I, I think Bayan have started to work in this event uh, perspective uh, recently, so this is still some way to go. Right? Um, I think in, in, in my because everybody understands API, right? And say, look, APIs is just a way you expose your capabilities and your data. Right? Now you, yeah, I have, I, I know uh, solutions, right? That they have APIs and these APIs are, are based on events. So if I am posting, a, for example, a payment and sending an event, I am not calling an API, but I am posting, I am asking the payment to process a payment, the payment system to process a payment. So I say, what is the difference between calling an API or sending an event? Nothing. It's just you are downstream or you are, Upstream, that's all. Downstream, upstream. This is the difference. So for me, APIs and events are different technical implementation of the thing. You can consume data calling an APIs. You can consume the same data listening to a event queue. Okay? So you are 
down, downstream. <laughs> in this case, uh, and the thing is, I think that everything everything will will come will have to go to the same side, right? Will go converse. So now in the in Bayan you have this control record. Control record define the structure of your service domain. So for example, you have a customer or sorry, party directory where you have a, a control record that is a directory entry for this party and with a lot of properties, no? the financial information, the names, the address of, of this customer. Uh, so now I have to expose my data. I have to provide the API. So the structure of the API is the structure of your of your resources. Your resources are your control records. So you will have an API that is customer ID financial information of customer ID addresses. So if my and then I, have, I will have an event. If my address changes, I will have an event that is customer ID address change. No event change for this customer address. It's the same. It's the same structure. The structure is, is given by your control record. I, I, I think there will be an evolution about that, but it's not. I mean, there's a lot of work in progress in the in the standard in this sense, and now they are managing separately. By the one thing, the API with still a lot of connections to web services and the way this. I, I think that they need to have a converse. Uh, they have to converse the, the the two lines of work. The APIs and the events have to be. Like, a, like from a business point of view, you have to say, okay, this is a business interface and it's defined by your control record. And now you have two implementations or three or four because tomorrow we have a different type of interfaces. You use it. Just technology, what is important is from the business point of view, what is your interface? What is the data you are providing? And what are the services you are, you are exposing, right? Yeah, and interesting that you bring up API too. <laughs> I I'd want to ask the next sort of like main question, but the, this is a really interesting sort of uh, I guess decomposition of the topic. Um, so you mentioned, I think you're the one who told me that um, the API. So you can go to Bion dot what is it org? I guess it is, and yes. and you and you can find the uh, open API specs online for these different service domains. But I think you said that the, the API, open API specs are not actually officially part of Bion, right? Is that true? Or maybe uh, I did, maybe you didn't um, tell me that. Maybe it's someone else. I, so I, if you ask me, I think so. Okay. But I, you cannot take my word for, no, for granted. Okay. <laughs> I am not, you know, I, I, I but my, my, well, I know that the API uh, the semantic API was an initiative that was created in one moment of time where we started to work about open banking and people were started to ask about API because before I say the standard was for integration of of applications of how I could. so they start to work in this line with the APIs and at the end it was like a, a external collaboration of people that wanted to provide some assets to the to the standard they and working in some Bank in some project, they start to create and publish the. So it was like an asset, like a reference, but it was not part of the standard. Well, I don't know if now it is considered as part of the standard. I I, see. I, I don't think so. You know, the problem with the APIs is uh, if you designed the APIs uh, six years ago or seven years ago, it will be web services. And now they are API and they are different because uh, REST services should be re, uh, resource oriented. Web services was more based on operations. So if you look at Bayan now with this this operation, this service operation and the actual action terms, it looks like more in the in the web services part, right? 
And now we have web, uh, these REST APIs, but now we are going to have GraphQL, and now we are going to have more. And it's going to, so we, we should be able to adapt to that pretty quick. So if I publish uh, APIs, yeah, it's an asset. I can, it's helped me to accelerate. But uh, but I should not rely. So for me, it's very important, you, the principle of, of domain-driven design, the hexagonal architecture. One thing is your core domain, your data, your commands, your logic. And another thing is how you expose this, because you have to be able to quick, quickly change how you expose your, and to adopt new technologies without impacting your core. This application of the bank has to last for 20 years. If you develop application around an API, in, and in five years, they don't want REST API anymore, what are you going to do? Because this application has to last for another 15 years. <laughs> so <laughs> this is why I, I don't really, uh, so I value the work, and you can use like a reference. It's always like a bit practice from because it was created by other people working in the same problem. But I don't. I don't usually use. I don't use the, the semantic API. Um, and, and this is another problem for me. And it's about the language, about the semantic. So you know the the the, Bayan, the, the internal definitions of the object is based on the ISO. ISO the twenty zero twenty two. That is the, the standard for payments because it was created by Swift for payments. And now they are extending the, the standard to define the different service domain, even if they are not in the payment domain. Um, but the, and, and this is good because it creates a common language for, for all the participants in Bayern. But the participants in Bayern are architects, are people that know about the standard, that know about the ISO. So it creates a common language for them to define, to have common definitions. But now you go to the bank, right? The bank don't speak ISO. The bank speak the language they have in Spain or the language they use in UK or in US, right? They don't speak ISO, so don't push the standard because they will not understand the, the first principle of an API is to be consumable. And the way to be consumable is to talk your semantic, the language your people understand, right? So you say, why you are going to use this? You have 80% of the fields of the attributes, you will not use them because they are useless for you. And people will not understand this. So you are going to train a lot of people in that? Oh, don't go crazy. Use your language. This is the best way to make things easy to consume. Uh, but this is my opinion. No, no, there are a lot of people that think differently, right? <laughs> well, I, I think, you're, I think you're, your opinion is quite valuable and, and this is sort of, um, yeah, well, it's I th I think it's the conversation that I recollect about the about you know what you were telling me about the API and it makes <laughs> or open API specs and it makes perfect sense actually so um, now uh, I just wanted to mention that you know Microsoft just I think it was just this past week uh, announced the the release of a, a, a language called Cadl C A D L and uh, apparently, I, I haven't had a chance to really dive into it, but apparently, if if you were to write an open API spec and then rewrite it in Cattle, Cattle would have one-tenth the number of lines. And then you can generate the open API spec from it. Now, why couldn't you also generate, you know, gRPC, you know, Essentially, like this is the sort of thing I think that's quite important for what you're saying right now. Um, you can take the open API specs from Bion and learn what you can from them, but at the same time, 
you use cattle, let's say, to define this and then have a forward generator for whatever it is that you're actually using or multiple ones, right? Maybe you do want gRPC, maybe you want REST, maybe you want pure messaging, right? So. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I completely I agree with you. Uh, so I, I, I always think, are we going to code in 20 years? Some people, yes, they, they, we, we will have developers coding tools, but I don't expect people in the bank to develop applications in 20 years or 30 years. I don't know, but these things evolve very quickly, right? I don't expect them. The machines will code themselves. So I, I have to develop business logic, business capabilities, business definitions, right? I have to de- define business, and then I, I need to leave to use technology to generate, you say, what is the type of interface I want to generate? I, I don't care. I, I my What the, the still the machines are not going to do is to create this business logic, right? So we don't have to develop application. We have to develop business logic, and then we need to use tools uh, and um, to, to, to to create the software, right? Uh, and you know, uh, we, because we have talked about this, that I am very supportive of low-code solutions when the local solutions have some characteristics, because this is the future. Local solutions means little coding, but this also means a lot of standardization. Is easy, it's easy to maintain, because... One of the problems of the, of the system in the bank is they have to be maintainable because they have to last for 20 years. Uh, it was, it was, uh, this, uh, this is a different topic, no? but it was very funny when all the banks were trying to do like, like Spotify. No? If Spotify, remember, it was very trendy no? because they have this method, this stride, this squat, and, and the way, a different way to develop. Uh, uh, yes, uh, fantastic. But for the, the, the speed where... Spotify can modify things. It's not the same like a bank. So you can, I mean, bank, an application in the bank has to last for 20 years, for 30 years, for 50 years, because the way I manage a deposit is the way I manage a deposit. It's not going to change. It's, what is going to change is how I serve to the to my customer. So whatever I do in this critical system has to be very easy to maintain. And, have to, and how I do this, because in COBOL it's very easy, because it's, it's English. But if I do in Java, it's not so easy. So low code, Repeatability, standardization is key if we want to develop at the scale this type of modern system for for the banking. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you say is, this is uh, Microsoft is proving my point a little bit. No, is yes, this is a, this is a way to go. Yeah, excellent. And I I'll tell you, we could just keep sort of um, going down this trail because I think we spoke before the first time we met was I think we may have spoken for two hours or something, and I and I. Almost everything that you say reminds me of something else that you said. <laughs> but let's get back to maybe one of the main questions. Is So, okay, here's this, what sounds maybe a little bit like uh, a panacea for, you know, banking uh, definitions, but how is Bion actually being um, adopted with, you know, with in banks? Like, are there, is it widespread in banks or somewhat limited? And why? I cannot speak for, for every bank in the world, right? <laughs> but my experience is everybody's interested. Everybody's looking at that. Uh, actual work is not, I don't see too much. I don't see too much. Um, so I have seen a lot of work around APIs. So this uh, during the last year, we have been talking about, about API. And I say, yes, this API is like an evolution of the web services. I have web services, now I have API. Nothing changed. 
So but they say, no, I want to develop my APIs based on BIA. I have to structure based on BIA. Okay, and, and, and there's a lot of work around that. So there's a lot of work around that and about the integration of the core system with creating this inter intermediate layer for integration based on BIA. So there's some work about that. Real transformations based on BIA, not. And, and, and probably the reason is because there is not a lot of business core banking transformations. Because BIA is not telling you use BIA for this piece, no, it's telling you use Bayam to structure your bank, right? <laughs> and your bank, your process is end-to-end, not just to develop this layer of the architecture. So I think there is a lot of work to do in the Bayam adoption. Um, and now is, I mean, but we have seen huge, huge increment in interest um, and practitioner and people getting certifications. I mean, I say I have been working for, for 10 years with Bayam. I have seen how this this is moving and the number of people that are asking things are interesting and are learning how to how to work with Bayer. So I think it's, it will be a matter of time since we have a we, we can see a good reference of really a good transformation based on Bayer, but actual transformation or really really solving the problem of the core no, and these legacies, yeah. um, this monolith. Yeah, my experience with uh, conversations about Bayer, like you said, is there there are, you know. People who are in banking are just, you know, technologists are quite excited about it, but they don't know what to do next, right? They they read about it, they 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 look at the the models, it's all very interesting, but they're just sort of saying like, okay, now what? You know, how do we start with it? What, what do we do? Do you have any answers for that? Like how they should, how they could possibly approach it? Yeah, because I I think they see in Bayang. This, the problem of this, the, the solution of the problem of time to market, right? They say, yeah, see, if I am able to structure in this service domain, they are, they, are, they think they are losing couple. Um, this is another, another topic. I will, I will, have, I will solve my problem of time of time to market, so I don't have to prove, to test all my core banking system when I modify one attribute in a table. Um, but they, I think they have to realize that the the buy-in will. Success and they will be able to do it by by driven transformation when they align to the business. Uh, and they are not doing that. So you say they are looking from the technical point of view to solve a technical problem, and the technical problem is not by and the technical problem is solved with domain driven design and, and different architectural styles. You can solve the technical problem without adopting buy Adopting buy is aligning your system to what your business is asking for. Do your business work because your business is not doing is not doing business the way your your core system are supporting this business. And, and, and this is the important thing on Bayern. The, 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 the technical problem is solved with more domain-driven design, better, more, more events, more, <laughs> more synchronization of data and not real-time interaction. This is how we are going to solve the problem of the, of the to market, not with Bayern. Right? Obviously, Bayern helps, but Bayern is useful, useful for the order for, to align these new systems to what your business really needs. Okay, good. So, okay, now, of course, banks, a lot of large organizations are looking to, you know, enable hyperscale in the cloud. And I, I guess we're shifting gears a little bit here. So let's talk about the cloud. Like, is the cloud really going to help uh, a bank, um, you know, to, to transform, modernize, or what are the challenges there with that? I mean, it, it, well, in some way, but maybe not in others. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, I think 
clouds have, a cloud has a lot of value for the bank, but mostly because it's a different way to consume the technical capabilities. And so it's, it's going to give, it's more efficient, and especially to the development teams and the teams, I mean, the provisioning of, of, of elements is going to be better. Um, I have, a, we'll have always limitations for, for the bank instead of volumes um, and performance. Um, because at the end, uh, the, 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 the good things about cloud that is that everything is based on, on consuming resources and integrating everything through standards, APIs, is, is also limitations for some kind of processes. Uh, so this is why I see this a lot of struggling. No? When they, they try to move workloads to, to cloud, because I, I, I'm not sure that everything is going to be cloud in the future. I, I'm not sure if this makes sense. Um, and there are also there are some indicators in the, in the market. There are big companies big companies that have been working in cloud for a long time and they are going back to say, look, the way the volume of data is growing, the, the way the, the needs of data and processing capabilities to apply this artificial intelligence um, is so huge that the cloud is not, the, is not the way to do it because it doesn't have the technical characteristic for that. So they are start developing this, again, going back to this big computer or mega uh, or, or data center no, with a lot of capacity. Uh, and probably it's going to be this way. Uh, I don't think that everything will, will, we, we will move everything to cloud. But what is, what is clear is there is huge opportunities for cloud, especially in the upper layer, in this layer where I, I will implement my business services for interaction, my processes, uh, my, my connection to the ecosystem, no, where I am going to have my account opening, and I'm going to have my customer servicing for sure, for sure, because it's, it's, it's very efficient. Uh, and, and this is something very good of cloud, I say. It's, something very, it's a collateral aspect, but I think it's very good. That because you have limitations, you have constraint, you, can, you have to separate things into component, into container, and the container will talk through APIs and not directly. So you have to design better. Because something you can do in a mainframe that is, uh, you, could, you can do whatever you want. This will run quick. If you do this in, in cloud, you cannot. So you have to think and you have to design better and you have to apply better principles and you have to avoid chatting between different components. No? So a, a, a good consequence of using cloud is the designs are going to be better or they will, there will not be, or they, it will not work. Yeah, it, it is amazing how, um, you know, mainframe is still very, very top performing. Uh, architecture and uh, you know some people think ah mainframe wow that's so old and you know cloud it uses uh, commodity servers yep it uses commodity servers and and the Z you know mainframe IBM's mainframe is not commodity stuff it's really specialized so yeah um, that's nice. no the, the the thing is because for for me the o sea, the, the problem with the mainframe is not really the the mainframe itself is the, the, the good advantage of mainframe is the enemy because is everything is so easy to do that you create this monster, right? Because you can, I mean, I, I mean, I started to work a long time ago and I just fresh from the university and I developed my products, my, my first program in a couple of weeks. And, and this product probably is in production in some bank around the world. 
it's, it's very easy. So you, can, you can make mistakes and this works. And now the consequences, yes, everything becomes complicated because you can do everything. Now the, the result is you have millions of lines of code working together. But it's not, it, this is not a fault of the mainframe. It's fault of how you design the application. You can do perfect DDD and deploy in mainframe. And, and another, pro, another thing is that the, the COBOL, like a language, is very... It's not very. It's a problem, right? In this moment, because the young people doesn't like COBOL. <laughs> they, they they think it's very old-fashioned, and it's difficult to find people that want to work with COBOL. And this is going to be a, a real challenge. But I say I, the, the problem is not the mainframe. The mainframe is is a fantastic platform. And the thing is how you are using it. Huh? Is how we, <laughs> they say in in the advantage in in the in the in the in the, in the, in the assets is you have the problem. Huh? In the, you have the problem because it's very easy to do everything. <laughs> Yeah, and you know, interesting too that um, I caught window. I don't know where I saw this. Maybe it was in IBM News or someplace else. But where now uh, there, there's sort of this new uh, movement to try to recruit college graduates right out of college to work in COBOL, right? Which is I I don't recall for sure, but it seems like that's relatively new. Do you see that in IBM? No, no, I don't see no. that. <laughs> I don't see oh, that. Okay. But I, but, but I have seen, but, but it makes completely sense because it's not only banking, it's airlines, uh, telecom companies, any big company have a mainframe. Yeah. So there is yeah, a, 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 yeah. a steel cobalt is going to be there for a long time. So if we don't have the broker, yeah. we have a problem. And, and here in the US, they are paying a lot of money no? to, yeah. <laughs> to, yeah, to and, developers. And, and, <laughs> Yeah, and COBOL developers have now retired for the second time, right? I mean, that's yeah. <laughs> they retired once and then they got drawn back for the money, and now they've they're like, mm-hmm. okay, I can't do this anymore. And yeah. but uh, but I, ha- I have seen companies, so banks with the uh, with contracts with small service companies that they respond. They only have to provide these people. No, the the the, the work was to find these people, train them, and, and so they have a secure secure business with the bank. Because they were providing these people, no? um, and this—I mean, I, I, I really believe that it's going to happen. I mean, we we need to in, to to find people to work in COBOL because it will be there for a long time. So, we've touched on this, but sort of like a, an overarching set of advice: if if um, you know companies that are running mainframe software, COBOL, uh, whether it's uh, financial um, companies or fintech or whatever, or other companies, you know, what do they need to do to succeed with the cloud? And what do they need to do to succeed with Bion? Kind of as a maybe parting thought. Well, uh, I think they have to break a little bit from the from the past. I think this is the most important thing to do. Because uh, working with Bion and working for cloud means to break with with things you have been doing for many years uh, so we we learn we i, I learned that the uh, data is all in one place right? so du- duplication of data was criminal because the, the 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 storage was so expensive right we 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 were using remember we were using two two digits for the years and then we had to change everything in the 2000 yes we have grown to to understand we have grown to see that the core banking system or the banking system in general or the or the core system have Online and batch, and we have seen that you have only only one database. One, the data is only once, and you go to fetch them what you need. This doesn't work anymore because this is the when you scale this design to a whole organization, this becomes too complicated. 
and you have too many dependencies and, and then you start having problem of time to market and, and agility. Uh, so and everything is about, about challenging ourselves. You know? any, any things we think, that things that were done in the past because reasons, valid reasons, but the, the thing that because they were done in the past this way doesn't mean we have to do it in, in the future. And working with Bayan means working with this separation by technologies, moving to a domain driven, to align more to the organizations, breaking this into end processes, stop thinking into end processes. A, pro, a bank is not a factory. No. A bank is not a factory. It's a lot of people doing different things. Uh, so, and, and stop thinking that you need to have a process in the middle. No, there is a lot of things we have to because we, they have to stop thinking um, or change the, the, the mindset. Uh, and for cloud, it's the same, right? If you try, you think that the design patterns you are doing in the traditional system are going to work in cloud, you are going to fail. In, I have seen transactions with 1,000 copy cobol, copy, uh, cobol calls. If you replace this with not 1,000, with 100 APIs, it will never work. So... We need, uh, so you know they have to start to stop thinking on transaction logic data repository. No, the, the systems now are data, 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 and the use I do with the data. Everything is so you know there's a lot of changes to do, um, but all all of these changes goes against what we have been doing for many years, uh, and this is the 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 biggest constraint to adopt cloud and to adopt buy-in in my humble opinion. Um, so the fight is against resistance to change. When we, re, when we fight resistance to change, we are, we are able to do interesting things with Bayan and Cloud. Yeah. And just to sort of, you know, like maybe offer a little bit of my own conversations. You mentioned before low-code um, being quite important for the future. And I agree with that. And, but I have to say that I have conversations with um uh, software engineers, architects, whatever, and and they see low code as like the enemy. You know, their the, their response is literally, "Oh, so you're going to put me out of a job with this?" And and well, look, you know, if you wait around too long, something's going to put you out of a job because AI, you know, whether whether or not it's even fifteen or twenty years from now that AI really displaces most software engineers. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter. It seems inevitable. And I think that our jobs will, you know, what we do will change, but the way that we use our minds um, for some level of subject matter expertise, whether it's software development, you know, business capabilities, whatever, we're just going to, we're going to change the way we do that, but it's still going to be a thought, you know, sort of like a knowledge worker, right? And, and we, you know, the machines can't replace the human mind, but they can do certain things, much certain things better than we can at, at human scale, right? Yeah, yeah, you are right. And, but, yeah, and also, if you think that the a software engineer I'm going to get out of job, you're crazy. I mean, you, you know, the, the number of open positions there are in the market is, is, is going to grow. You know? it's the, the needs of developers is going to grow. Um, but they have to focus on developing some kind of technology. What doesn't make sense is this developer to, to be developing processes for the bank. The processes for the bank are very simple. So what is the value? What, what is the value he's going to find developing 
a process to calculate the interest. No, this is not value. From the, from, I, I, if I were a developer, I would not like to do this. I would like to solve technical problems, not business problems. And, and at the end, this, you can solve this very easily with low-code solution. So I say, no, no, you are not going to solve everything with low-code, but you are going to solve 20% or 80% of the problem. Uh, and this is where we want people that knows about the business to be able to develop by themselves. I, I don't want to have a guy from the university that, that knows a lot about Python and they don't know about banking. No, I want to know people that knows about the business and they can implement or, or almost by themselves implement their processes and the solutions. Uh, because we don't have enough people otherwise. We don't have enough people. Because this, this guy that tell you, you, are, you want me uh, out of job, he will not work in a bank <laughs> to, develop a, a, a proce- to develop a process to calculate interest. He will not. Yeah, and I have to say, like I've been doing this a long time as you have, and maybe, you know, even longer. <laughs> yeah. But but that doesn't say anything about my abilities. It just like says more about my age. But um, But I have to say that once you have done some of these technical things once or twice, to me personally, it's just not interesting anymore. Mm-hmm. Solving the business problems is what is interesting. And even if you only, I, I, I keep on this sort of, um, you know, drumbeat or whatever, that even if low code only helps replace the supporting subdomains, right? Not, not even the core domains, Maybe we, we aren't going to be able to do that for a while, but if we replace the supporting subdomains, the sort of really boring stuff that, you know, with, and we do that with low code, hey, that's a win. Now we get to work on the really interesting things because we get the, the sort of boring things, the supporting things out of the way. And, and of course, we buy the generic when at all possible. So, yeah. You know, but, but the problem is to, to to compare peers with, with apples, right? You cannot compare a small company, a startups that is developing a cool technology or a cool service, and you have very specialized people, very smart people doing that. And then you go to the bank and you have hundreds of thousands of people developing business processes. Yeah. They are completely, they are completely, completely different. So is this, this, I, I will ask this guy, right? This is a smart guy that do this software, this fantastic world in these startups. If you go to a bank and you develop something that is cool, who is going to maintain this in five years? Will people understand what you have done? <laughs> because developing is nice, it's cool, no? but then someone has to solve the problems when they appear. They have to make the changes when they will have a business change. Who is going to do that if we yeah. let you do all these crazy yeah. technical new things? No, no. There are technology yeah. have is different in, in the context where you apply it. Right? You have to be different. It's just a huge problem in our industry, though, the, the, the sort of purposeful, you know, it's not even accidental complexity. It's, it's purposeful complexity and, and developers just wanting to do something that sort of blows everybody else's mind. And, you know, I mean, if you're going to go to a hackathon or something, maybe that's cool. Maybe you'll win a hackathon. But if you want to contribute to the success of a business, maybe they don't actually want to do that, you know, but, but if they do, then you write readable code and, you know, code that people can understand, or you write readable code for a tool that's going to generate code or, you know, yeah. whatever it happens to be. So, yeah. Um, yeah. 
there is, there is also a risk. You can see that there is also a risk in that, right? Because you say, if you do something, someone smart, when you have done something twice, you get bored, you get the next one, right? So if you, there are people that can think of the, so they are thinking on the next steps when you are doing something. Uh, and so sometimes it's the personal purpose, right? What you are thinking about when you are developing something, you want to develop something that is a shiny object because it's going, it's going to help you in your next step. We don't want this in the bank. <laughs> we don't want this. No? We want something that is going to be durable because it's what we need. So I always exactly. prevent about, about, about this type of skill. No? Be careful with this very smart guy because uh, maybe the, the objectives are not, are, are not aligned. It's not what we need. You know? Well, I mean, if, if you got these really smart people and you're okay with writing, you know, like th that they just churn out this really incredibly complex code that's hard to read and hard to maintain. Uh, I mean, maybe maybe they contribute to, yeah, some kind of, you know, digital banking disruptor, and then they get acquired by a bank or they get acquired by, who knows, Amazon or, I mean, AWS or whoever. And then the point is, you know, like there, there are places for developers like that, but um, yeah, you, you need someone with good, balance and, and maturity to write stuff that, like you say, is durable, can be uh, improved over time. So, There is a proof, no? there is a, a fact that the, you say, I mean, most of the panel, there is this, the owner of the core system, right? And they're responsible of the current accounts and loans application. And now they always have these architecture teams or engineering teams they are dealing with innovation. They don't get well. They don't get well with each other because the guy that is supporting the operation of the banks, they know the risk and they know what they need. They have been doing this work for a long time. So when these guys come with these new technologies and, and ideas, I say, yes, it's cool, but be careful because this is a bank. No? And you see, this is a lot of fights, no? a lot of tension between these two groups. One, one group try to do cool things that they, I think is very important. And, and, and the other thing, the other one, they're running the bank. They are running the daily operation of the bank. So careful with that. Uh, so in, in, my, in, our, in our work, we always separate. We say, look, if you are doing transformation, you are doing transformations. And transformations require repeatability, standardization, you, uh, tooling, and a clear way. People should do, know what you have to do because this is where ensure you are going to have a quality software for many years. And now you have innovation. And, and the purpose of innovation is different one. Innovation is to improve the way you are doing things or to solve a, a specific problem that you find in your transformation. So you, you have a problem in your transformation, you go to innovation, you innovate. But you find, you innovate, you find a better way to do the transformation, you include, you, when you have tests that this works, you include in your transformation method but you have to keep separated because this is not a startup. This is not a small company. This is a company that is most of the time is a critical system and they are mission critical for the, not, not, not for the bank, for the country where they are operating. Right? So we, we need to understand the scale we are talking about here. Um, and sometimes we are, we are losing this perspective. No? When we try to do these cool things in systems that are really very delicate. Well, um, 
I, I really look forward to uh, getting to speak with you again. And let's um, ah, hope we can stay in touch. Thanks yeah, again for like, joining us. Yeah. No, thank you a lot for the invitation. It was really a pleasure. And, and uh, <laughs> I was very happy when you invited me. It's very nice. Thank you. My pleasure. If you enjoyed this interview, please subscribe and stay tuned for more. This podcast is sponsored and produced by Kalele, makers of Domo Roboto and the Zoom platform. To learn more, visit kalele.io. That's K-A-L-E-L-E dot I-O. Thanks for listening.